Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk, talk. Oh, there we go. Okay. Boom. So we're going to make our cocktail today, but we have to start off every Team Tequila Talks with a cheers. So I'm actually going to pour a little sipper in my copita. And uh, if you are familiar with copitas, you know that means that we are probably drinking what today, Sherryon? Mezcal. Cheers. Cheers. I am drinking a mezcal. Look at that puppy. Old Gorgeous. fashioned, which is Mezcal what I'm going to attempt to make right now. Um, and, and we're going to kind of watch the, the process of this. Yes. And you are listening to Team Tequila Talks with Cassandra Jean Mel and Sherryon Gonzalez. No guests today. We're taking it back to the OG crew with Sherry and Cassandra. And we are getting into a little mezcal because we haven't really covered mezcal that much lately, I feel. We had our friends over at Del Maguey come on, and we don't really discriminate when it comes to tequila. I think we appreciate all types of tequila, including mezcal. As long as, yes, and as long as it's 100% agave, we do discriminate against tequilas. That's true. You're right. We, Good correction there. Good catch. Yes. <laughs> we don't drink any and everything. Is wait, true. what are you putting in your mezcal? What are okay. you making? So I am, you've already got your mezcal old-fashioned. And I'm going to make one. And frankly, I used to make bourbon old-fashions all the time. And then as I started drinking more and more tequila, I actually was not really making the old-fashions as much. Sometimes when I go to a steakhouse, I'll get an old-fashioned. I am more a bourbon girl than a, a rye girl. Not that there's anything wrong. And if someone has an amazing cocktail, I'm totally down to have rye instead of bourbon. Maybe that's the Southern in me, I guess. I don't know. It is because <laughs> I, I, and growing up in LA, bourbon and whiskey is, there really isn't a winter. I just feel like you need a winter for that. Like a hot toddy, but, but like, like, from the yeah, inside, like it's warming your inside. Even if the cocktail itself isn't hot, it has the hot toddy effect. It's yes. warming the inside. Okay. Yes. So, you know, I like, I was trying to think, Do did I normally shake them? Did I normally stir them? And the jury's kind of out on the best way to do an old fashioned. You can shake it. You can stir it. To me, this is the, really the defining factor of a great steakhouse is that they know how to make an awesome old fashioned and or Manhattan. I mean, really, you should be able to make both at a steakhouse. You should be able to. You're in New York. New York has some classic, iconic steakhouses. So you should maybe make that some of your homework. Um, Peter Luger, we just went there the other night, which is, oh, I mean, that's like the mob went there. You're talking about the Rat Pack used to go there. I mean, we were there the other day, and they still have, which I appreciate, the old school kind of gangster vibe. Mm -hmm. And the front door guy is still kind of like, you know, spotting the riffraff type of a guy. Mm -hmm. But you look at the photos around there. I mean, Frank Sinatra. I mean, yeah. Gotti. I mean, you're looking around and they do the, I had it. So I had a Manhattan there because the guy was like, you need to have one. I also had an old fashioned, which was like amazing. Manhattan. He told me to have the Manhattan with my tomato and mozzarella appetizer, which is very weird because you're oh. like, it's like the burrata with the tomato slices and the basil. Right. Is that one of those kind of tricks that. I don't know. Is that a trick that we should know he, about? Uh, he just said, get it in you. He kept saying to get it in you. Oh. It's what he kept saying. Oh. I was like, get in, get, get in me. What? And he's like, get into the fun of eating, drinking heavy with your apps. Yeah. Now we just had a metabolic expert. So now I'm thinking, shit, I'm the mozzarella is fat. 
yeah. eating a little more fat with it's this. True, but but, it, but in mozzarella, you've also got carbohydrates and protein, so it's actually balanced. It's not like it's low fat, but it, it like it, it definitely checks all the boxes of your macros if you're going to eat dairy. You know, totally. And I had so I had Manhattan. I had a um, oh, and he made me a Negroni. Like a Brooklyn style Negroni, which I love a Negroni. I usually on every vacation in my night with a Negroni more than I would like a Manhattan or old fashioned. So I am, I'm going to go with stirring here. I'm making an executive decision. I don't yeah, be James Bond about it. James no Bond says, no, he says my, shake and not stir. Yeah. He says shake and not stir. Well, not I'm not going to shake this one. I just feel like, I feel like we do a lot of shaken, shooken beverages on the show. It's um, true. But what I am going to do is sort of massage this orange peel because mm, you can smell everything come out of it. And that I think really releases the same way we, we always talk about with herbs, how you kind of want to slap them or massage them or scrunch them up in your hands. That's what I'm going to do with this orange peel right now. Um, I am going to do just the faintest hint of like just a little squeeze of orange because you know mezcal is a little bit different than bourbon because bourbon has this undertone of sweetness and I don't ever find that to really be the case with mezcal. Uh, I've got my uh, organic blue agave on standby. I feel like my little squirt of orange juice is going to cover it. So right. I am going to add my bitters which that's kind of what makes an old-fashioned I feel like is a little bit of orange a little bit of bitters and I'm using orange bitters in this case. So really, it's a lot of orange things happening here. Okay. So this is kind of lazy because I think it's really only, let's see. Why is yours brown? Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, how does your, does yours need more agave? Is it sweet enough? Well, I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to let okay. you know in a second. Okay. So I am drinking, so I'm at this hotel in Brooklyn and I went to the bartender and I'm like, look, I have a tequila podcast. And usually when you tell a bartender, you have a podcast, a podcast about a specific spirit, they get really freaking excited. And this guy is from Ireland. And I'm like, look, I need a mezcal old fashioned. And he's like, oh, you're speaking my language. Oh. I mean, he didn't say it that way, but I can't do an Irish accent. That did not sound Irish. even a little bit Irish, no. It's the only more Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my drift. Something more so Vikings. Told me, like, yes, more. It sounds more Viking. <laughs> so he said... <laughs> He's now serving his own old-fashioned look batch. So he so it has Angostura and orange zest in it. Mm-hmm. He uses a mixture of brown sugar with okay. water. He does half water, half sugar. So that's more or less it. a simple syrup. Yep. He reduces it and str- strains it, then throws in orange slices, lemon slices, okay. and he kind of lets that cook down and gets that orange kind of pulp. He's like the pulp has to like pull away from the orange and mm-hmm. then he simmers it, then strains it again. Oh. And then he used this mezcal union, which he was pushing. He was like, if you're going to use a mezcal, make it be union because they're small batched. They are, they're, they're profit sharing with their um, farmers. So they basically go, they're micro distilleries all around different parts. Uh, they have nine regions in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they basically go to these agave farms and they say, hey, look, we want to partner with you. And we promise if you batch this mezcal for us, we make a legal contract with you that we say we're, we're going to come back and buy it once it's done. So they share in the finished profit. That way, the people who are growing this are not employees. They are actually co-owners. That's amazing. That sounds kind of similar to what uh, Del McGahey does as well, where they have all of their individual 
mezcals because they go to these individual towns and these individual tribes and they work with the people of the town. It's not that they just have a farm somewhere with a bunch of employees. Which I think, and he said karmically, which he's speaking my language. He was like, you know, karmically, I don't really work with certain mezcal companies. And he's a tequila guy too. And I'm like, you're Irish yeah. and you love tequila? He's like, well, yeah, I live in New York City. Everyone drinks tequila now. That's so true. He, it's true. <laughs> and I, I love it. We were at it. the so forefront we, of a movement. Yeah. So what they do is not only do they ask them to grow it, they actually make another investment so they can hire more workers to keep up with their kind of like output. Cause you know, mm -hmm. you need to have like production to serve the population. So they basically guarantee and they're sustainable. Love so that. it's like this company, Mezcal Union, look them up guys. They average about 25 times more than other working models for tequila because they have so many different farm micro distilleries all around Mexico. So Union doesn't sound like a Mezcal brand. I gotta be honest, but it Mezcal sounds like Union. a cool. It sounds like a cool company. It just doesn't sound like like it doesn't sound like a lot of the tequila and Mezcal brands that are out there that are definitively Mexican. You know? Yeah, it's true. And it's I feel like he says the Union. Like I get I get the word Union because they're they're more like unionizing. You know, what's the definition mm -hmm. of Union? It's like to come together, togetherness, collaborate, togetherness. togetherness. Sure. So. I get it, but when he showed me the bottle, I was like, "Oh, I've never heard of this company." And he's like, "Well, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to you're going to use it today on your podcast." And my name is Eric, by the way. Give me a shout out. So, um, shout out to Eric in Brooklyn. Shout out to Eric in Brooklyn, who was very excited to make me this very and the brown sugar. I will say, and the orange and everything. Yeah. And he did massage my peel, but he said you're going to get the flavors of and it. Actually, to be honest, it tastes like an. I can't tell if it's mezcal or bourbon in this. Oh, I saw him pour it in and I'm like, it tastes, he was like, that's why he's like, that's mezcal why. is the most is for the bourbon drinkers, the whiskey drinkers. Yeah. He's like, cause you can kind of bring out the notes. So I love it. We've talked about that before. Absolutely. That there's definitely a bridge between mezcal and whiskey for sure. And that is a good transition for people that might be whiskey drinkers. I think that um, the brown sugar element is interesting. That's clearly what makes yours brown. Normally when I have an actual old fashioned with bourbon, I like to light the orange peel on fire with a match because I think it gives it, uh, especially with the bourbon, I find that it gives it kind of a nice smoky undertone. I wouldn't do that with mezcal because mezcal already has that kind of fiery smoky because of the way that it's produced for for those of you who have not heard us talk about mezcal before on the show mezcal is made by taking these agave plants and putting them in these giant ovens a lot of them underground and they basically char and charcoal the agave and turn that product into the mezcal which gives it its smoky flavor i am drinking gem and bolt mezcal Gem and Bolt is a really cool brand right in line with my hippie ideals. <laughs> they are two women, women-owned, that own a very artsy brand. And the reason they call it Gem and Bolt is because there was an urban legend that lightning came down from the gods and struck the agave plant into the heart of the agave. And the nectar that was produced was this mezcal. So... That is right on Rand what we're talking about here. I like that story. And honestly, it could be a total lie, but I believe that. I It could be a lie, but aren't all urban legends a little bit of a lie, a little bit myth, a little bit truth, a little bit of, you know, embellished storytelling? I, 
I guess so. I mean, the name Jim and Bolt, whenever I see them in the store, my eye goes right to them because it's a white, solid white label. Mm-hmm. Which, but the Jim and Bolt makes it seem like it's like party, fun. It just, yeah. it, the name, it just pops. It has like a little gym in which we, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like fancy, but like yeah. aggressive. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like they did a minimalist design, but with intention. You know, like they really decided to make it artsy. They they are artists, and I believe they're from the Bay Area. And they obviously the the mezcal itself is produced in Mexico, but they do something really unique here. They add Damiana. Are you familiar? Damiana, isn't mm-hmm. that? Isn't what is Damiana? So Damiana, like heard of It's like the OG CBD. It is actually technically a the plant itself a mild psychedelic, super mild. Have you heard of kava? K-A-V-A, the wine kava? No, not C A V A. The Spanish sparkling oh. wine kava. <laughs> I, I'm probably saying this wrong. Kava kava. It's K A V A. I've had it before, and it is basically supposed to give you. It's like it's like taking a heavy dose of CBD. It makes you feel nice and warm and relaxed and comfy. Maybe a little sexually frisky. There's an aphrodisiac element I to mean, it. We love we, an aphrodisiac we element. Do and we've talked about aphrodisiacs before and kind of did our own little MythBusters episode on that previously. If if you want to go back and check that out. But Damiana is, it's a plant and you can take it by capsule. You can take uh, take it by tea with the leaves. You can take the essential oil from it. But it is technically, it does, the plant itself falls into the mild psychedelic category. And most people take it for, as an aphrodisiac or to alleviate sexual irregularities or sexual mood and the jury's so, still out, but a lot of people have reported back with two thumbs up. So basically, if you're on a downward slope of sexual activity. Yeah, or, or maybe desire. like you're coming back from having a kid, or oh. like your cycle has been off because of diet, travel, medical, whatever. Uh, as it, as it, it, by the way, it, this says some studies have shown that the plant results in heightened sexual satisfaction and performance in both men and women. So maybe Ooh. a lot of people also take it for stress, mild depression, stomach ailments, increased energy, and general wellness and positivity. So this is a supplement that is, it sounds a lot like CBD to me, but it it's does. almost like... But it's the, in your tequila. It's so it's like, tequila. I mean, it's like double the benefits there. Yeah. And also I feel like, look, I have some nice little oils. I think you turned me on to one of the oils we brought. They're like a vaginal health oil that has a little bit of CBD the uni in it. oil, yeah. Yeah, I like and I feel guy. like, yes, I love that guy. That guy is actually good. Look, I'll, I'll tag them on here for, the, for people to know. It's a great vaginal health oil. It has a little bit of CBD, I believe, in it. And it also comes from basically the, I don't know if it's a byproduct or the base of Mushrooms, the same type of mushrooms yeah. that you would put in your coffee or smoothie. I don't know if it's a lion's mane, ashwagandha, or reishi. Like I, I don't know which type of mushrooms, but it is from a company that makes mushroom blends. The psychedelic, I think people hear the word psychedelic, and I mm-hmm. think of like someone tripping out of their mind. This, the word psychedelic itself just means to me someone's losing their shit. Right, so you think- immediately think of someone tripping on acid, right? And that's not what this, that's not what this is. People have been taking Damiana for hundreds of years. This dates back to the, uh, the Mayans and the Aztec or Aztecans? 
as as Aztecs. The Aztecs, right? It's so not Aztecs. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> Aztecs. Uh, Listen, I don't know if it would be an episode of Team Tequila Talks if we didn't Google something. But this is the Aztecs and the Mayans. They have been taking this. They have been making tea, and this has a lot of medicinal and herbal properties, and it has for hundreds of years. It's been around for longer, longer than tequila has, longer than mezcal has. So there is this big blow up of beverages on the market that have tequila or not even tequila, just sort of a CBD alcohol blend. In fact, I actually I actually haven't seen many with tequila. I think because that tequila board is usually so strict that it's probably hard to just willy-nilly be like, here's a canned margarita with a little bit of CBD in it. They they probably are controlling that a little bit. Yeah. I, I imagine the fermentation process, like how do you get the CBD infused, that fermentation, that delicate process that you have to go through to make it tequila, I would bet would probably be an issue for them. But this one, Jim and Bolt says tequila on the bottle, doesn't it? It says mezcal with Damiana added, and it is one hundred percent agave mezcal hoven with Damiana added, uh, echo in Mexico. So yeah, um, it doesn't specifically say. Oh wait a minute, um, it's looking like San Felipe de la Oaxaca, Mexico. That's the address on here, but I don't, I don't know if that's just you know an importing place. That's that might not be the actual place of where they're producing it their logo here is art and plants heal which i like because that is taking a really balanced and holistic approach if you're going to drink drink smarter and make sure that you're balancing it out and you're really kind of nourishing your soul and not just drinking we talk a lot about balance here on team tequila talks so yeah just i mean i get it like i get people who want to get shit faced in our last podcast we talked about that but i genuinely like my sister was like my sister doesn't drink. She's not drinking. She's like, everything tastes like car oil. It smells. It's disgusting. Because she wants it to taste like fun. And I'm like, I genuinely she like wants the a Boone's taste farm. of. She wants a Boone's Farm. She wants a strawberry, pineapple, colada, chocolate, banana margarita. Yeah, she wants that she neon wants, she shit want by it. the side of the Vegas pool. Yes. In the yes. yard She stick. doesn't want it to be. <laughs> exactly. She doesn't want anything to be. She always says to a bartender. She said this. This is like right hand of God. She goes, you know how people like it spirit forward? I like it spirit back. <laughs> That's like her. To each their own. To each their own. But I genuinely like the flavor of alcohol. So when I see something like a Jim and Bolt where they're saying like it's infused, I'm like, well, let me just taste this on the rocks first just to taste what it tastes like before I start mixing in like my oranges or. So it's interesting that you say that because I said that I had my agave on standby over here, which I do. I did not use it. I was pleasantly surprised because I had my agave here on the ready. So normally with an old-fashioned, you're going to use simple syrup. Here at Team Tequila Talks, we sort of like to not use simple syrup (laughs) because it's just white sugar. Basically, all simple syrup is is white processed sugar that is boiled down with water. It's part water, part sugar. We have made our own syrups in the past with honey uh, or maybe raw sugar. We have even done stevia before, just in case you're looking for a lower cow option. But I decided to just do a little squeeze of my orange that I used from my orange peel and I massaged the oils out of the orange peel itself with a dash of orange bitters, and that is all I need 
for this old fashioned. Super simple, super clean. It's really good and incredibly smooth. I am actually this. We're gonna have to add this to one of our regular rotations because yeah. it is really good. And I was, I was not, not that I doubted Gem and Bolt because I've actually been a fan of theirs for a while, but I was pleasantly surprised about the the old-fashioned aspect and how smooth and crisp it is because I don't know maybe I'm just used to drinking bourbon old-fashioned and you can really taste that whiskey it's whiskey forward oh totally and I think sometimes with tequila in general other than the bourbons and the whiskeys you get a drink with tequila and I think sometimes I know my husband's not a big tequila drinker he loves margaritas but he's like I don't know if I like tequila on the rocks it's not a jam but he would drink Mm -hmm. bourbon or whiskey on the rocks so I'm like, what yeah. flavor profiles are you picking up in a bur-? He was like, I don't know. It just tastes more caramelly. So I gave him, to, remember the other day we were with Comos and yeah. we tried their Cristalino. I was just going to bring that up. The, <laughs> yes. So it gave me an idea that day. What was it? Yesterday. And I was like, oh my, it, you really tasted the vanilla. Just with so, the carbonation, whatever voodoo science that is. Yeah. It, it brought out the flavor. So I thought to myself with my husband, oh, I'm going to give him like a nice añejo. Yeah. And maybe add a little soda water to take up those caramel, soda. vanilla. Yeah. Plain soda, no no flavor, no old fashioned soda. Cause it's, we, I feel like you and I, especially a lot of times when we're doing something quick and just want to do a quick and easy, we'll do a tequila soda with lime or grapefruit. And it just has those undertones. It's, it's got, you know, three, four grams of sugar, if that. Um, and it's just sort of like, carbonated spa water more or less i actually have um a perrier right here that has essence of orange in it so that's just all you so need. look yeah that's all i tell people all, i just got a dm the other day from a girl who watches the podcast and she dm'd me on my personal instagram and she goes i feel so bad listening to the podcast sometimes you guys are anti-sugar and i said no i said so i dm'd her back and i said that is exactly what we're not we're we're pro the right type of sugars 100%. and she goes she goes, but she's from, she was from North Carolina and she's like, it is impossible. She's in college. Like it is impossible to go to a bar here and ask for a margarita. When you, she's like, I said, I, she, she drank our, oh, she drank, she bought some poppies. We did an episode about poppy sodas, which is a low, 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 low sugar sparkling beverage with a Blanco tequila. And just, she said, it was like, the guy was just like, you're going to want it sweeter. And she, and she said, she felt like, wait, I don't know if I want it that sweet. So he brought her like a agave back just in case she or a simple syrup back. Yep. And she was like, it was actually fine. Yeah. And she thought, and she was like, I'm like, no. So I told her we're, we follow like a very clean diet in terms of our sugars. We're not going to get, go out and buy, look, we make, I was telling her, Cassandra makes brownies. You make great peanut butter square cup thingies. We use honey. Yeah, we my daughter's cooking a lot now too, and she's just learning how to cook with honey and maple syrup because it's, you know, maple syrup, you just come straight out of the tree. So you're just removing a lot of, when you, when you are processing sugar, you are chemically altering the molecular structure of the plant. And that can be true with stevia too. You have to be kind of careful about the stevia that you are purchasing because a lot of times you'll pick up some liquid stevia and it'll have extra ingredients and natural flavors or even artificial flavors, which you don't want to mess with at all. But it's, it's, it's a business. Big food is a business and they are going to do whatever it takes to sell you a product. And it is up to you to read the labels and do your research. Period. It's true. Period. And I think, I know I started reading labels in college because I was a dance major and you know, you got to stay in shape 
And I was like, why am I gaining? You're an athlete. I'm like, why am I gaining 10 pounds? And I was eating those little Nutra bars, you know, like the little blueberry and strawberries. And my my mom used to pack me those for swim meets. And now retrospectively, it's like, and and listen, the generation before us, they were just doing the best that they could. The food science didn't even exist yet. You know, and it said healthy. They marketed it and said healthy on the box. So your parents are like unhealthy. Fun fact, that's not regulated at all. So if McDonald's wanted to, and they actually feel like have used healthy before, they could slap healthy on a Big Mac and no one's going to stop them. There is nothing that you, there's no type of regulation from the FDA or otherwise that regulates the use of adjectives. So unless you are making a proper claim saying like, this Big Mac will reduce your cholesterol, this Big Mac will make you lose 20 pounds. You can't make an outright claim like that. And I remember a fun story. So, you know, we obviously, my husband and I are involved in a winery and our daughter does a wine every year. And since she was, I think, two, she's always designed the label. She thinks it's really cool. She obviously does not understand what wine is, but she knows that this bottle arrives and it has her art on it. And she likes to describe what the art was is and says on the back label and she drew a label one year of a phoenix like super into harry potter and magic and all this stuff and she drew a label uh she wanted to draw it of like something harry potter specific we said you know trademarks (laughs) can't afford that just draw a phoenix (laughs) so she draws a phoenix and she on the back it said this uh this bottle will give you superpowers right got fully denied by the by the I think it's ATF that regulates the labels because they said that we were making a claim (laughs) like 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 a health medicinal claim saying that if you drink this wine you will have superpowers well like yeah I get that because like you can't say this will cure your you cannot you know whatever Mm -hmm. cancer or this will cure your poor eyesight I get that I think labeling I've gotten into this with a bunch of people but labeling in the food industry is designed to be misleading and I think majority of the people do not understand it's a business first before they ever would care about your health. And even when you go to the grocery stores, those are negotiated. Those end caps, what's in the health aisles, these are all negotiated with your big chain grocery stores. And they sit in a big round table and people pitch, I need to be next to the unsweetened Cheerios or they, and it's negotiated. So I feel like reading a label like fats, trans fats, carbohydrates, potassium, all that stuff is probably something everyone should look into because a, you only have one body. And I think a lot of people always confuse people who love fitness or love health. We're like, oh, but it's easy for you. It's like, look, I look today passed by us. I'm in New York, a super soft serve. Was it the truck, the ice cream truck? And it was a line. And I was like, oh, I want to get in that line. And Rick's like, get in the line. But then I'm like, he's like, oh, got to go to work. That line's like 20 minutes. I was going to give myself a white soft serve ice cream, which I probably will do tomorrow but I'm not going to do that the whole time I'm here. Right. And I think a lot of, a lot of people think, oh, well, you're, you're fit. You're in shape. It's easy for you. It is just as hard for me than it is for anyone. I just self-discipline, which is something I literally tell everyone. You have got to tell yourself no, when you become an adult more than yes, because, and I say this around just in, in general, not all the time, because there is a season for yes. But I say this because I feel like a lot of people tell themselves yes because you you have agency over your own body and you just feel like I'm the president of this vessel. But disciplining yourself is probably one of the hardest things to do because there's no mom to be like, do this or 
eat this way or eat your peas. It's just you. And I feel like there's a lot of power in telling it's yourself no. Actually, well, there's also a lot of power in telling yourself yes. I mean, on our last episode, we talked about the power of yes and no. But I remember just sort of the having a moment in my life where having studied nutrition and knowing so much about nutrition, there's a lot of conflicting reports because, for example, intermittent fasting works differently for men and women because of hormones. Females have a hormonal cycle that resets every, I'm going to say 28 days. I personally am 32, but it varies by... I'm like 22. Yeah, yeah, it varies woman to woman. But the point is, is you look at a graph of female hormones and it's all over the place. Men, just the same. So we have to do different types of workouts and different types of sleep and different types of recovery and sometimes even different types of diet, more salt, less salt, more magnesium, more sugar, less sugar, whatever, based on where we are at in our cycle. Way more complicated. Not that, you know, that, listen, men and women are just different. They are. And your, your hormonal cycles are going to be different. So you have to treat it as such. But the point is, is I remember hitting a point where I was feeling a little overwhelmed There's so much nutrition advice out there. There are so many studies. And now that nutrition science has exploded, where do you start? And I remember feeling kind of overwhelmed, thinking like, oh, I've got to intermittent fast. So like, no breakfast, but eat within the first hour of the day. Wait, what? Keto, macros, all of these nutrition things. And it's really, really hard to know where to start, for sure. And once I took a second and go, you know what? At your gut, at your core, you know that having a side salad is better than a bag of lace. So you've got to start small, right? you got to start with, listen, I'm not aiming for perfection here, but I own my body. I control my body, and I have the freedom over my own body. No one else needs to smack a bag of artificial ingredients out of my hand. I, you, you can take a step in the right direction and I own my body. No one is going to make me do anything I don't want to do. I'm an adult. I'm an, an autonomous adult. Yes. The freedom that comes with that. It's true. And I feel like the more they, they say, you know, that, that proverbial line in life, like there's some, people are like, I won't cross this line if I'm doing like drugs. I'm not going to take like these type of drugs or I'm not going to cross this line. And right. Like I smoke weed, but this. I don't do acid. Exactly. There's always mentally, personally, everyone has that proverbial line. I feel like when it comes to food, the more you cross that line and start going, food is actually designed for you to cross the line and get more addicted to sugars, fats, and all those things. So the more you cross it, think about it. Your your palate can be changed, but it's probably one of the things people are like, I'm craving this. And you know, ladies around the lady times, you know, I pretty much keep my house stocked with dark chocolate. I put it in the freezer because, or I do like, you know, vegan, different, different ice creams. Because when that time comes, let me tell you, I am, I eat, I, you know, my chips are not Lay's, but they're the healthier Lay's. They're like the paleo version or you have your salty the, crunchy. Yes. And I have my chocolate. I have my sweets. I have my smart sweets. If I want some gummies, I have my unreal candies. If I want like a Snickers bar, cause they have a great fake Snickers bar. Unreal. It's, it's, it's really it's 35 good. 35% less sugar. And it's yeah, dark and they chocolate. also don't have any dyes or chemicals. You pick up a Snickers bar and you look at the label and you are you can't even pronounce all of the ingredients. It's got no. a bunch of crap in it. When you are looking at a label, what is your biggest red flag? 
if I'm reading the nutritional aspect, reading the label, or the, so you're at the grocery store, okay. you pick up a food, you look at the label, and what makes you put the product back down? So it's hard um, no. There are three things I look for. The amount of fat, if it's not going to be like a buffalo mozzarella, like because you know what you're getting into when you buy a buffalo mozzarella. I look at the fats, I look at the sugars, and I look at the ingredients. Now, there are some preservatives that are fine for very natural ingredients. So when people say, oh, ascorbic acid, I'm like, that's actually not a bad thing. because it's, it's not terrible. Vitamin- it's a vitamin C derivative. Yeah. Exactly. So I see that word. I'm not. But if I see a word like extra, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. And if I have to Google it, usually nine out of 10, I put it back on the shelf. That's a no for you. I get it. It's a no for me. What about you? What's the Um, first thing you look at? So mine, and this is actually something that I've even talked to my daughter about and that she has done a great job with um, really starting to learn her own nutrition labels. My big thing is anything artificial. Because your body just doesn't know how to process it. So artificial colors, artificial flavors, artificial preservatives. Those are going to be the big no-nos for me personally. Not that that's the only thing, but anything that is artificial, there's a there's a reason why we have a lot of issues in the United States specifically because a lot of things that are legal here are not legal anywhere else or in any other country. And, and, and it's so interesting because you and I have both spent a lot of time in the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. And even the time that we spent in Vancouver, you can drive to the United States in 30 minutes and you cannot buy the same products on either side of the border. You can't. They don't exist. They cannot be sold in Canada. They put their little French sticker over the label, but they will yep. not let you import anything that has illegal coloring. So there's a lot of red, yellow, blue dyes, caramel coloring, all of that. It, it's not legal anywhere else. And it there's, there's all of these studies now coming out to show that they are carcinogenic when used for prolonged times i'm gonna say prolonged times because listen are well you, the skittles, get skittles cancer they, if you have one pack of skittles right no. but if you pick but, up a pack of skittles every time you go to the gas station it's problematic and they're getting sued in california right now a they woman sure a mom they sure she are. saw that they have all of these toxic they're actually above the threshold and unfit for human sky- consumption i think was um, the yeah yes and they are and i think you know snacks like adult snacks kid snacks I'm always like a snack doesn't have to kill you or be harmful, but it can still be tasty. Mm-hmm. And I do understand there's an economical, you know, level to this where if you're in the store and at the checkout, they have all the gummy bears and the Snickers and the Reese's pieces and that. And they usually put the unreal candies in the more expensive aisle because it's not inexpensive. But they're harder but to I make. Say this, they're harder to make and they're mm-hmm. they're not as um, like Hershey's company is bigger than like I don't know AT and T. There's a Hershey. Hershey's economies every of scale, country, right? Yes. So if you're producing a bunch more, you can produce it for less. That's right. you know, economics one on one. Right, but I remember when I was in college and I was like a broke college kid. I had two jobs. I started to pull back on my Taco Bell, Del Taco. My my you know you know look Burger King used to have a two for two for. Uh, three for two Big Mac. I mean, um, burger. What's that burger? I don't know the name of the burger anymore. Shit. What's the name of that burger? Burger King is the, the Whopper. Whopper. Land yeah. of the Whopper. They used to have a three for two and I would come home from work and just because three bucks. And then I slowly started to save in other areas because I was like, I actually feel better if I go to like a Trader Joe's and make my own burger, but get mm-hmm. organic meat. So I do think it there is so an economical better. 
it tastes so much better. And I think it takes discipline to tell yourself, look, the Skittles, my daughter's had a birthday party and I had all the candy in her bag was like 35% less sugar and all the kids there. And even one kid in particular, she hates those candies, but I think everyone else was just eating them. And I was like, do you love it? And she's like, yeah, it doesn't taste so bad because you're get trained. Your palate gets trained just it wanting does. a Skittles or a Snickers or well, so that's much better also, for it, it can go the other way too, because I love a good green juice. I think that all of the micronutrients that you get from a green juice from just cold pressed, and I'm talking like dandelion, kale, celery, spinach, all of the leafy stuff. If I order a green juice, I want it to taste like grass. I want it to taste like I walked outside in the park and just scooped up a handful of earth and just juice. But Cassandra, it. me and you are weird. We're, we're not the average. Our palate is not normal because if I want to get it in me, I don't care what it tastes like. If I know if it's like apple cider vinegar, shot, whatever, I, most people need a little pineapple, a little apple. But that's kind of my point though. When I started juicing, I needed pineapple, apple, pear. I needed something in my green juice. I needed an apple base. And you work up toward it. Now I buy my daughter the green juices that have apple or pear or pineapple in them. And if I accidentally grab one from the fridge because they come in the same bottle and they look basically the same, I think, oh, green juice. And I grab it and I have it. I'm like, wow, that's sweet. So your palate changes over time. And your palate, the good news about this. So here's, here are the pros and cons about your palate changing. The con is that it takes time and attention and you need to take your intention and decide if you want to move toward a healthier habits as a whole, healthier behavior. But the pro is, is that anybody can do it because it's conditioning. So if you start with a green juice with apple, great, you're eating fruits and veggies and they're natural. That is way better than getting something out of a box. That's way better than a soda. Start there and then work toward more and more greens and if you want some fruit in your green juice, that's just fine. It's fruit. Sugar from fruit is a free pass. Well, that's why I tell people when they do like keto or super low carb, I'm like, you actually, fruit isn't, think they're processed differently in the body than an artificial sweet, sweetener. It is 100% Or true. a white sugar. So if you eat like, my daughter used to hate bananas. Now she's in a banana kick. And she's like, oh, after this sandwich, can I, and she'll eat sandwich, cucumbers or strawberries. And she'll be like, can I please have a banana? And I'm like, yeah. And I don't like bananas because they are so I've changed my palate so much that if I have a dessert that tastes too um, thick, sweet, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe my, but if it's like too the texture, hit you in the face, sweet front facing, I guess like spirit forward, but sugar forward and not flavor forward. I'm like, can't eat it. And bananas, people are like, women are like, oh, I never eat a banana. And I understand why, but I was in the airport the other day and I was like going on a coming to New York and I'm like, Banana, nuts. Well, if your orange. option is a granola bar with 14 ingredients or a banana with one ingredient, then <laughs> it's obviously going to be better for your body to process that natural ingredient. They're still coming, they're now coming up with all of these studies showing the harmful effects of these artificial ingredients because it's no different than if I were to pick up this, this tablecloth right here and, and just eat it. It's not designed to be processed by your body and your body doesn't know what to do with it your brain doesn't know what to do with it your nervous system doesn't know what to do with it now you're not sleeping well and you don't know why you have upset stomach so you get on some medication but now you're on this medication it is just sort of this spiral if these things are regularly in your diet 
and sure. everybody's just doing the best that they can. But if you're aware of it and you know how to look at a label, then you can just start taking steps to be better and bring yeah. better foods into your home. Right. And that's why I feel like we drink tequila because it is clean and we're not it's putting artificial plant. anything. It's from a planta. So it's like, plant I feel like based. you're not putting any, it's a plant-based tequila is plant-based. Yeah. And I feel like this nutritional expert. So when I was in college, you know, I'm a double major. So I have a minor in kinesiology and I was talking to this nutritional expert who did like a speaking thing at our school. And he goes, this girl who was a little bit overweight and she was like, I've lost 50 pounds. What is the first thing you would tell someone who has a hundred pounds to lose to start doing on a, or even 10 pounds. I would say this for any pounds, but he, she specifically asked for hundred pounds. And he said, portion control. And when he said it, I, he's like, you usually adults, especially eat with their eyes more than they do with their, and he had this whole diagram of the size of the stomach and the stomach can be stretched people. It is not something, if you give it more, it can hold more over time. It's, it's like a muscle. It's like a sack. So he said portion control in the United States, and he was French. He said portion control in the United States. He said it blows his mind when he comes over here because he's, you know, he's like, our plates are a third smaller than yours. And he was like, in the United States, more is better. And sometimes I don't know if that counts for nutrition because he feels like being unbalanced. And, and he had this whole thing on veganism, which at the time was like this new kind of fad a little bit. Now it's much more normalized. But And he talked about being unbalanced for women and men and what that means for your testosterone. And as you age, he said, your palate should get smarter every age you get to. So if you're, he's like, you guys are all twenties, eat like shit, enjoy it. It won't last forever. You're going to get diabetes, hypertension. He's like, so every year you birth, you should eliminate a tox, a toxic thing out of your body. So if you like a lot of sugar, maybe go from Skittles, maybe do smart sweets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, 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 one other thing that they have just added to labels is added sugars. And that is a really interesting thing to look at. Now, you, you can't just look at that number because sometimes those added sugars might be from dates or coconuts and a natural source. So you still have to do a little bit of a deeper dive. However, if you pick up anything and it says added sugars, 42 grams, you need to put that thing back down because you can satiate your sweet tooth with something that has more nutrition, more protein, and it's more nutrient dense, and it's not just being completely buried in sugar. I agree. I think sugar, um, the sugar lobby, and I'm gonna get a little technical here, but the sugar lobby is are probably the largest lobbyist in the United States, bigger more than tobacco, than tobacco mm -hmm. bigger than oil. And a lot of people get shocked by that. Cause they're like, no oil, tobacco. And I'm like, no, Cause sugar is in, I don't know if anyone, if you've ever tried to follow a diet and you start turn sugars in everything, tomato sauce, they added in tomato sauce and I'm like salad dressings, salad dressings. So when you start to get on your health journey and you're like sugars and everything, cause it is ad addictive. It is more addictive, like cocaine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has, they give it to rats or rabbits or I'm, I don't, I'm not a proponent of the rabbit study, but rats. I mean, do we really like rats? I don't know. I'm in New York right now. I saw a big ass rat. I'm like, <laughs> my daughter, <laughs> Skylar said, look at that cat. And I'm like, that's a freaking rat. <laughs> You're like, that's your new roommate. <laughs> We're and in New York now. <laughs> no matter your price point in New York, the, the possibility of seeing a rat in your hotel, in your $10 million Soho apartment is eight out of 10. And so I don't mind the rat studies, the rabbit, but they did the rat study where they put like sugar droppings that led to cheese. 
and the first couple days they would eat the sugar then eat the cheese by the end of the week study they went four squares of, of sugar left the cheese block and then they they the cheese was collecting in the bin because they're they only wanted the sugar 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 that's why people when they crave so much sugar is because you're constantly and it has a mental aspect too sugar is actually makes you high it totally does i the study that i saw was again a rat study not a rabbit study but Good. it was they took two canisters of water in the same cage or cages and one of them was sugar water and one of them was water with cocaine and the rats went back and forth for the first couple of days and they tried both and they kind of you know we're sussing out which was the actual source of hydration. And by the end of it, none of them were touching the cocaine water and all of them were drinking the sugar water and had gained a bunch of weight. It's designed to be addictive. It's more addictive than co cocaine. It's, it's, I don't know, sugar. My daughter when right now, you know, she's a grandma and, you know, grandma is full Puerto Rican and she believes children need guava puffs for breakfast. I don't know if you know, it's like a croissant with guava paste in it. And, you know, I'm a type of person where I'm like, no one needs that, you know, and I, I draw a hard line. And so I have to be able to, you know, release some of that con food control. Cause I do realize grandmas are meant to have fun and just be happy. And I feel right now, my daughter is pumped. She's a few days over there and she's like, guava puffs doritos and i'm like trying not to have and like a conniption and my husband's like it's four five four days she's gonna live 99.9% .9 of her diet is clean and i do follow that 99.9% .9 of my diet is clean if i go to a nice restaurant and they're like this fried mm -hmm. thing is the whatever is the best on the i'm i'm ordering it well that's i'm balance. not gonna not you're, order you're a, that's yeah. that's why you work hard at home and watch what you read your labels when you're at home so you can enjoy yourself when you go to a one-of-a-kind or a unique or a fun restaurant mm -hmm. where they make something amazing that they're known for from scratch that's how it should be you should be able to balance it out for sure i think so well think on is that note yes we are gonna cheers to wrap it up i did like a mini refill that is now done because this was delicious i can't wait to make this for you when you get back yes and if you're ever in new york I'm staying at the Box Hotel. I won't be here if you ever come here. Not the but Box, we're the nightclub. Do not confuse the two. The Box Hotel. It's like cute residence townhome loft. But go see Dave. He's been here for years. Dave or Eric? And sorry, his name is not Eric. His name is Dave. Okay, so shout did out I to say Dave Eric? in Brooklyn. You said Eric. <laughs> How many of those did you have before we started? <laughs> It's strong. He said, I'm going to make it to you. He's like, oh, a podcast? I'll make it for you a little nice. So go see Dave and ask him for this Mezcal homemade syrup. It's amazing. Amazing. Well, you guys know what to do. Like, click, follow, subscribe, all the things that I think we required to say at the end of this podcast. Like, follow clip, Team Tequila heart. Talks. Sherry Ann Gonzalez and Cassandra Gina Mel. And we will see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.